Hey MVCC, I want to share something with you that I'm real excited about. God has made a way for us to continue to build on the future of souls and people here in our community. As you know, we have been meeting outdoors, which has been really cool during the summertime uh, for Sunday morning services, but we're anxiously awaiting to go back into the, into the main building in our worship center. So God has provided a way financially for us to do a makeover on the interior of our worship center. The desire for this is it's just time for a makeover and with everything going on in society and moving back into a building we want it to be safe and secure and uh, comfortable enough for you to bring your friends to one of our services at Missionville Christian Church. So we're redoing all the flooring, getting new chairs, painting, some lighting, the sound system and so uh, after 21 years of waiting for uh, a renovation we're excited. Uh, we're probably talking about the you know uh, end of November before this is done, but I just want to say first of all thank you so much because faithful, generous giving allows us to do these things to keep moving forward and keep planning for the future. I want to ask secondly that please keep MVCC in your prayer. We want to keep moving for the gospel of Jesus Christ and discipling people who can disciple others. So um, and third, we really want you to participate in worship and bring somebody with you. So we wait with anticipation. We'll give you more information soon, but. Just want to let you know this is happening, we're excited, and uh, we're all jumping on board together. Good morning, MVCC. We are so excited that you decided to spend some of your weekend here with us in order to worship and be in the board. If you're new here with us today, we want to get connected, so go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen. Here at MVCC, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to be able to serve with us. So if you want to get some information on that, go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen. Right now, we're going to jump into a time of worship. Join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this time.
after me. Snow while you won't kick down, lie you won't shit out, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no There's always pain I wonder if I'll ever find my way I wonder if my life could really change I
as we conclude the music portion of our service this morning, we want to continue to worship by giving. We try to make this as easy as possible, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. We're so excited to hear what God has to say, so let's jump right into the Word. Good morning, it's great to be with you. I'm Pastor Mike. It's just a privilege to bring the Word of God to you here from NBCC. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5 this morning. I am starting a new series. I'm totally jazzed about this, and I'm calling it Waymaker. You might have heard that in uh, other messages before, but this one particularly, I really feel like God laid on my heart for the next three weeks to really look at what God says in His Word about the fact that He is the Waymaker, meaning he can always make a way when it seems like there is no way out. It might not always be the way we want God to do something, but He always provides a way out and He gives us the strength to walk through something that we may not even want to walk through. I don't know what, maybe you're listening to this or watching this and I don't know what you're dealing with. Maybe it's uh, some a problem of addiction or maybe it's just an issue that just it feels like, man, there's no way I can get over this wall. I cannot get over this situation I mean, I don't know if God himself could even make a way in this or the marriage situation or maybe in the middle of school and going through all this COVID experience of not being on campus and just feeling like, man, there just seems like there's no way, there's no end to this whole thing. And I just wanted to remind us through the word of God and the power of his Holy Spirit that God is the absolute way maker. We find ourselves right here, smack dab in the middle of the gospel of Luke. Verses 1 through 11, if you have your Bibles, you have your smartphone, you can make reference there. Jesus starts his three-year uh, journey of choosing disciples and then sharing the Word of God with people. And he's on basically a, 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 a transformational path for people that would come in contact with him. Jesus was absolutely a transformer of people's lives. He was the way maker. And we're going to find ourselves here in what seems like an impossible situation for the disciples, and Jesus makes a way. So I'm going to read here chapter 5 of the Gospel of Luke. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gisenaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats and one belonging to Simon Peter and asked him, put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. I just want to stop here for a minute, make a couple of observations out of this. Um, the Sea of Galilee right here in this town where Jesus was, was actually 400 meters below sea level. It was the lowest place uh, elevation-wise in that area. It's, it's of no consequence, or I don't think it's any coincidence at all, that Jesus picks the lowest place on earth to start his ministry in that area. I don't know about you, but I certainly feel like there's times that I've been at my lowest point in any situation in life, and it's God that's right there at that moment. You may, you may feel like you're 400 meters below sea level, dealing with something that you thought you'd never be dealing with. And I, I think it's just a good reminder here that Jesus always makes a way, even at our lowest place. I don't think it's any coincidence or significance. It is a significant point here that Jesus always makes a way even at our weakest places. So I don't know what your lowest place is, but I just want to remind you, God is there. And Jesus is teaching here. I just love the fact that as he's teaching, it says the people were listening 
to the Word. It wasn't that they were listening to a preacher. They weren't listening to someone who was expounding on the Word. They were listening to the Word. It reminds me of John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, where it says in the Bible, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. And then verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, they were listening to the very Word of God. They were in the presence of God Himself. And that's why I think people weren't so eagerly, you know, waiting to leave that moment. They were, they were hanging around because they just wanted to be with Jesus. It says there were crowds and more crowds and more crowds of people coming to hear the Word of God. I think that's why Jesus looked around and He's looking at these boats that are on the shoreline of the Galilean Sea. And he sees that one right there. I want that boat. And he gets into the boat. I love this. Jesus kind of makeshift PA system. They said the hills um, were, were shallow enough to where the shore was that people were on the embankment of the, the hills that it was kind of like an outdoor amphitheater. And Jesus' voice could carry way up above where the people might have been on the hillside. And I think it's kind of interesting that Jesus picks Peter's boat. So that's kind of, I just, I read this, one of the commentaries I was reading about, imagine yourself for a moment after church service, and uh, you just go scan through the parking lot here at Missionville Christian Church. Lots of parking lots, there's over 220 stalls, you can have your vast array of any car that you want, and you get in this really nice Lexus, you get in this, this really nice Tesla, and just open the door and you just sit in there. And the owner, imagine for a moment, the owner comes up and says, hey dude, what are you doing in my car? He says, well, the Lord needs the car. I mean, that's how strange this was. That was Peter's boat. But Jesus just says, hey, I'm going to use your boat. I don't know if there was an, you know, what kind of detailed conversation that was happening between Simon and Jesus. But for whatever reason, Simon feels led to let Jesus use his boat. Jesus could have stood on the water, couldn't he? He could have stood on the water. That would have attracted even more people. Jesus is walking on the water, and he's preaching the word, man. But he doesn't do that. He says, hey, I want to use your boat. I want to use your weakest place. In just a few moments, Peter is going to respond to Jesus. Jesus, we've been fishing all night, and we've caught nothing. We have failed. Jesus says, let me use your failure. Let me use the emptiness of your life. Let me use the weakness. Let me use your background. Let me use the broken pieces of your life. Let me use the failures. And yeah, let me use the successes of your life because I have something great for you. I am the way maker and I can make a pathway for somebody else to know me as Lord and Savior if you'll just let me use what you have. So, Really, it's kind of ironic. I think Peter is the one that needed the blessing, and Jesus is the one that's using Peter's boat, which leads us, you know, to number one thought. Following Jesus is not an obligation, but an opportunity, man. Following Jesus is not an obligation. It's an opportunity. I feel sorry for people who treat Jesus or Christianity like a religion or rules or have to. Well, I have to go to church today. I have to worship. I have to read my Bible. And we just... We find ourselves doing these things out of obligation. Amen. Jesus was passionate about the Father. He was passionate about people. And I just believe when God breathes new life into us, when He sends the Holy Spirit in us, we have new life to see the perspective that God sees. 
He is the way maker in your life and he wants to be a way maker in somebody else's life. And I just, I just hope and pray that and maybe you're listening to this and you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Every day there's an opportunity for God to do something and make a way. Here's the question. Am I willing to let Jesus use what I have? As Jesus taught the word, I love this, that crowds and crowds and crowds of people began to form. I don't know, as I look at all these crowds of people, I don't know if there were hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know. But I just wonder, what was the motivation of some of these folks? Oh, the, the fourth person in the third row. Maybe they were looking for hope. And when Jesus spoke, they felt like there was hope again. Maybe there was someone who was struggling with something in life and they were there just needing a word of encouragement to hear from God. Or maybe there was somebody there just because they wanted to see a miracle. They wanted to see some of Jesus' so-called magic, and they were there maybe to see a miracle. But Jesus comes upon them, teaches the word, and here uses Peter's boat. Let's keep on uh, here in the scripture. Verse 4 says, When he finished speaking, he sat down, uh, said to Simon, Put into deep water, and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, <laughs> we've worked all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let the nets down. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began even to sink. I, I, I just, I love this scene. Peter, let's go, man. Let's go fishing. And, and Peter, my gosh, Lord, are, are you kidding me? We, we just spent all night fishing. Our nets are dry. I mean, we're ready to go home. Go out again? We were out there all night, caught nothing. You ever been in a situation where either try to hear from God or seeking God or seeking an answer or seeking a way or big decision or you got something big before you and, and you tried to get like still before God and really hear him but you just came up empty or or maybe just seeking God for some you know I don't know small decision big decision and you just you just felt like you came up empty and I, I um one of the places I love to go and just seek the Lord and just be with God and I just alone and it's very quiet and I can get peaceful is up, up in Big Bear I think it's because my parents when I was a kid um, they used to take us up to Big Bear all the time. I just kind of feel close to my parents. I just feel close to God when I go up there. It's very quiet, and I can just get still. So I went up there uh, about 10 days ago because I wanted to, you know, work out the rest of my messages for the rest of the year uh, for 2020. And I think, man, I'm just going to get up there, and I'm going to hear from God, and got my notepad ready, and just going to map out all my messages for the rest of the year. I even had the pastoral staff pray over me, lay hands on me, and just God speak, you know, to Pastor Mike. And so I went up there and uh, got to this wonderful place. It was peaceful, it was quiet, there was nobody in the area. Man, I got to tell you, I cracked open my Bible, opened up my notes. I couldn't hear a thing. I got as peaceful and quiet as I could, and I came up empty. And then I was feeling weird because I had drove up there for two hours, Spent the night there, opened my Bible, read the Word, prayed, believing God that He was going to speak to me, and heard absolutely nothing. In fact, I, at the end of that you know, 24-hour period, I felt like I was even farther away from where I needed to be. 
So I'm driving down um, the hill uh, from Big Bear, and it wasn't until two days later that God, I believe, spoke to me about what he wanted me to share on this Waymaker thing. And then at the end of the year, I'm going to be doing a series in the book of Philippians, which I'm real excited about. My point in all that is don't give up when you feel like it's an empty catch. When you feel like there's nothing left, when you feel like there's nothing in the tank, don't give up. Hang in there. Stay with the Lord. Keep seeking Him. Keep reading the Word. Keep praying because I believe that God is speaking and He wants to speak, but sometimes He needs to get us into a different position so we'll be ready to obey Him. I think that's exactly where Peter was, man. Peter was in a prime place to be obedient to God and have an encounter with Jesus. They go out. <laughs> I can imagine what Peter was thinking and what the disciples were thinking as they were going out in you know, the middle of the Sea of Galilee again. I mean, we're out here again. He doesn't know what he's doing. This guy's a preacher. We're a fisherman. We know what we're doing. He doesn't know what. Jesus, why don't you just stick to preaching? You got us out here in the middle of the lake in the middle of the day. We just came out here. And I love what happens next. Their nets are full. So much so that they got to call their companions over for another boat. I mean, what a moment. Peter, put the net on the other side. <laughs> and that's exactly what Peter does. So here's a question I have. Jesus is the way maker. He wants to make a way in your life. But I believe sometimes God is waiting on us to be obedient to what he calls us to do, even if it sounds a little bit weird, even if it sounds crazy, even if it doesn't feel right. But we know God is speak, speaking to us because it's it's, it's parallel with the Word of God, and He's calling us to be obedient. That's when the blessing comes. We're waiting for the blessing, and then we obey. God says, uh-uh, I want you to obey, and then the blessing will come. So what's He telling you to do right now? Maybe you're listening to this, and He's calling you to accept Him as Lord and Savior in your heart. Give your life to Jesus. Maybe you've been dancing around this thing for years. Maybe you go to church kind of off and on, but never really committed your life to Christ. If you were to die tonight, do you know for sure where you'd be? If you can't confidently say in humility, yeah, I know I'd be with the Lord because I've received Christ. I believe in the cross. I believe that he died and rose again. I've received the Lord. I, I gave him all my sins and I've, I've accepted him. This is your moment right now. He's asking you to obey him. And then the blessings come. Or maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm thinking maybe I should get a divorce. Things just aren't working out. You know, I just, just want to start over again. It may feel like that's the right thing to do. Oh, we just kind of fell out of love. But God is saying, I want you to hang in there. I want you to work at this thing because there's a blessing that's going to come. You'll never know what God can do and how God can make a way unless you let him use your boat. Give him what you have. He's the way maker, which leads us to number two. In every crowd, there's a crew. There were crowds of people everywhere. Why did he choose Peter? Why did he use Peter's boat? I think because Peter was available to go the three-year journey with him. Peter had no idea, man, that he was embarking on this three-year journey that would absolutely change him forever. It's amazing. So here's the question. In every crowd, there's a crew. Are you one of them? Are you the one that says, Lord, I'm with you. Sign me up. I surrender everything to you. Are you interested in following the one who knows every day and step of your life? You trust him. Surrender everything to him. Everything that you are, everything that you have, everything he's created you to be. 
God is the way maker. I have seen him do amazing things in my own life. I have seen him do amazing things in people's lives here at Missionville Christian Church. And I thought, God, you are absolutely awesome. You have made a way. So here's some, some final thought questions to think about. Is there something right now that you need from God, but you are not exercising faith for him to make a way? You're trying to control it. You're trying to work it out. You're trying to make a plan rather than just be obedient to the call and trust him that he will make a way. Number two, is there something the Lord wants to use in your life to make a way for someone else to know him? Come on, every single one of us has a person that's far away from God. And we just did a series. I just spoke a series for the last month on being compelled by the love of Christ to share that with others. And maybe God is waiting on us to surrender something to the Lord that he wants to do in your life that's going to make a way for somebody else to see Jesus Christ in their life, that he loves them, he cares for them, and he can save them and change their life. Last one, last thought here is, do you have enough to obey him even when there are no fish to be caught? Well, that's a big one for me. That was convicting. Do you have enough to obey him even when there's no fish to catch? When it feels like it's empty, you don't see any progress, you don't see anything happening, is there enough within you through the Spirit of God to say, yes, God, I will continue to obey you at any cost? God can make a way. And, G and Peter's response here at the end of this, I, I love this. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish. And then verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said to him, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all, all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Peter, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on shore and left everything and followed him. Isn't that great? I mean, what, what an ending to this scenario right here. Lord, I'm not worthy of any of this. I don't deserve to have you come and do this miracle and use my boat and what you just did. Lord, you don't know that I was cussing somebody out an hour before. Lord, you don't know that I wanted to cheat this guy out of his fishing boat. You don't know, Lord, the stuff that I've done. I'm not worthy. And that right there is the best place for Peter to be, a place of humility and a place of repentance and feeling unworthy. I just believe Jesus picked him up you know, by the spiritual straps on his shoulders and said, Peter, I want you to come follow me, man. I'll make you worthy. Finished with this. There was a, a man who was literally lying in the hospital bed, lying down on his back, dying from an overdose of poison that he just didn't want to live anymore. He just couldn't take it. He couldn't take the pain, the emotional pain of life that bombasted him every single day. And he said, I'm just going to end my life. He ended up in the ICU at the hospital there in his local town. His mom was there every moment of every day sitting by his bedside. And as he was sitting there, he was conscious and he remembered the days as he described his story that he went to church every single Sunday and he would count the minutes until church service was over and he could get out of there. In fact, he knew because the pastor every week had a, a, a liturgy of readings that he would read every week and he knew when he got to a certain sentence, there would be seven minutes left and I'm out of this place. It was a minister who stopped by as he has these thoughts laying there. 
in this ICU bed. And there was a minister, a chaplain that stopped by and asked if he could read the Bible to him. And his mom immediately said, no, 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 I don't want anybody to come in this room. My son needs to get well. I don't want anyone here entering in. So the minister humbly said, well, then will you read John 14? Because I believe God called me here to read John chapter 14 to your son. And so she did. When she got to verse 9, something happened. This is the verse, John 14, 9. Because I live, you too, Jesus says, shall live. As soon as she read that verse, there was a tear that was streaming down the side of her son's face. And as he describes, the very next words that came out of his mouth, mouth was this. Jesus, if you're the truth, and I trust you, but you're going to have to change me. He accepted Christ at that moment. Five days later, he walks out of the hospital completely well, full bill of health. Forty-two years later, after following Jesus and loving him and serving him, he gets in the taxi cab of a car in New York City as he's driving down the road. He just begins to share his story about how God made a way in his life with the taxi driver. The taxi driver stopped at his destination, and as he turned off the ignition on the car, he said, thank you so much for telling me that story because I felt for a long while there's something missing in my life and I need Christ, will you help me? I, I love that story for a couple of reasons. Here's two of the most unlikely people who find Jesus Christ and God makes a way in what seems like an impossible situation and he uses ordinary people to do that extraordinary thing. God can make a way if we just call out to him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much that you are the way maker God, I'm excited about where you're taking us these next few weeks and showing us how you can make a way in any situation, God. I pray if there's anybody listening to this that they just have an overwhelming experience and say, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I thank you, God, that you truly, through the cross, through your death and resurrection, God, you made a way for our salvation. Bless everyone here, God, listening to this and watching this. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we'll see you here next week at Missionville Christian Church, Waymaker.